Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. No, I'm still burning with a deep conviction and desire that this year, the future belongs to the strong and courageous. The future belongs to the strong and courageous. I'm, I'm reminded continually about how Joshua led the Israelites out of the wilderness, out of the final parts of the slavery mentality to inherit their promises. And that God four times in Joshua chapter one reminded Joshua to lead the people with strength and courage. That he brought a, a counter argument to what was the atmosphere in the community at that time where it would have been so easy to give in to fear and discouragement. That continually throughout the book of Joshua, God is reminding His people, do not give in. You are strong, you are courageous and you can take ground. The future belongs to the strong and courageous. And I wanted to unpack further today as we're focused on having a faith lift into our year. So we've dedicated the first month of 2022 to lifting in our faith. I wanted to talk about building your shout. Can you say that with me? Build your shout. Here's a thought, comes out of Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Now Jericho was tightly secured before the children of Israel. There was no one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho, its king, and mighty men of valour into your hand. All the men of fighting age shall march around the city. Circle the city once. Do this for six days. Seven priests shall carry the seven ram's horn trumpets before the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When they blow a long blast on the ram's horn and when you hear the trumpet sound, all the people shall give, shall shout a loud battle cry. The walls of the city will fall down and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. You know, I wanna to submit to you today in building your shout that resistance isn't a sign that God isn't leading you or that He isn't with you, but often it's a sign that there is a promise to claim, a place to occupy and a victory to be enforced. Resistance is not a sign that God isn't with you. Resistance is actually often, in my opinion, a sign that you can be on the right track. I want you to picture this, that Joshua had led the people out of the wilderness by crossing the Jordan River. Supernaturally, it was parted up and they were able to cross over to dry land. And after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, finally they were here to inherit their promised land. And they were able to set foot on the promised land. And Joshua led the people to a moment of consecration where they dedicated themselves to God afresh at a place called Gilgal. And Gilgal literally means the wheel or the place of turning. And it's interesting that to get the ball rolling, in breakthrough, often that takes a moment of consecration and dedication. And as He leads them in a moment of consecration and dedication, Joshua then has an encounter with the angel of the Lord's armies, the commander of the Lord's armies, and is put in perspective that he's actually called to do things on God's side. And from that moment, he's given that strategy. God speaks to him. So he had crossed over to the promised land, but the battle was just beginning. It just boggles the mind that God could be preparing these people for their promises. But the moment they step into the land that was promised to them, here's where the war begins. It's too easy. We get discouraged thinking that, man, this resistance, why is this here when 
God loves me and He has a purpose for me. But often the enemy takes the ground that is promised for us until we enforce the victory that Jesus won for us. God will always give the strategy to the victory. A unique strategy, a way through that's both simple and powerful. And God gave the strategy to Joshua for the people that they were to have victory over Jericho. Jericho literally means the place of fragrance. It's interesting that the very first city they were called to conquer was the place of fragrance. It was the first offering they were to give God. That with His strength, they could inherit the promises that He has for them. Do you know that one of the greatest things that we can do with our life in living a life of sacrifice is to simply follow God where He leads us. That God is invested in your victory. That He desires nothing more for you to experience the victory He has prepared for you. And that it's an offering. So Jericho, the place of fragrance. But Jericho was an imposing place. An impossible victory. See, Jericho had been well established in the promised land. In the 400 years that the Israelites had not dwelt there, it had been given to their forefather Abraham and his family had to leave due to famine. And 400 years later, Jericho and other cities had established in the very place that God had promised His people, the place of fragrance. And Jericho was significant because it was a very archery to the promised land. That it was positioned strategically in a way where it opened up to the rest of the promised land, where if you took Jericho, the rest of the arteries flowed. It provided the trade routes. It provided the goods flow. It provided the connection with the outside world. And that if Jericho would not fall, then the promised land could not be theirs. And you've got to imagine this, that these people had spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They came from a slavery mentality and all of a sudden they're here to come against the greatest established city of the promised land. Jericho was an ancient marvel. The walls were massive around it. It was impenetrable. I can't even pronounce the word. It was, it was, that, it was that good that I can't even say the word. It was, you could not beat it and come against it with sword, spear, arrow, anything. They were well positioned where the only way you could possibly win against them was via a siege, a long, drawn out, discouraging battle that would sap you of your energy as they slowly used up their own supplies. They were well prepared. Too often we're faced with promises that we need to inherit for us to advance. And if we just attack things in natural wisdom, all we're going to do is blunten our swords, kill our spears, lose our arrows. The most powerful thing that Joshua did in leading the people was to seek God for a strategy. What is the way? God makes a way. He makes a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. But the strategy made no earthly sense. He called the people to get prepared early in the morning to put on their war garb, their uniforms, their swords, their shields, their everything to get in order and then to walk around the walls of Jericho. Could you imagine being a prime fighting force and being prepared for the war of your life and the commander of your army simply says, here's how we're gonna win. Today, get up, get everything prepared, eat your wheat bix. 
Tie up your shoelaces. Pick up your sword, pick up your bow, pick up your spear. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around Jericho. Just once. Just once. And don't say anything. Don't trash talk them. Don't sledge. Don't cut out. Just walk around. Don't you pick up your arrow and shoot it at them. Walk around. And then once you do that, one day, stop. Set up camp again. Do that the second day. Walk around once. Set up camp. Three, four, five, six. That's all you're doing. But on the seventh day, he was going to crack the code. See, I want to submit to us today, Awaken City, that God wants us to build a shout to inherit the promises He has available for us. But I believe it's bound up in our willingness to be obedient, in our willingness to lift up our praise, and our willingness to actually build a shout together. And I want to submit to you that God is calling us to inherit our promises. Obedience is preparation. Consistency is key. It says in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6, For I, God speaking, desire faithful love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Isaiah 1.19, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Jeremiah 7.23, But this command I give them, Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. There's something in obedience. I remember being taught as a young follower of Jesus that my breakthrough is often waiting on the other side of my obedience. That often God is calling us or inviting us to a way of life and that the very breakthrough that we need and desire is waiting on the other side of our willingness to put things into practice. But it has to be consistent Like the Israelites, again, getting ready morning after morning after morning, simply to walk around the walls of a city. Could you imagine having the members of Jericho, the the warriors standing on the walls, looking down at you and jeering you and laughing that all you're doing is walking, not even knowing that this walking was setting up the victory. See, obedience is preparation and consistency is king. It's amazing what God does with us when we're willing to give of ourselves to Him consistently so that He can build through us a life that makes a difference. You know, in this season, we're in the middle of uh, school holidays that come to a close and every parent says yes and amen to that. And school holidays really do ruin any system or routine any parent has. And it's often a shock to the system that for two weeks of school holidays, the first two weeks, you're just scrambling to come together with something that's gonna work. And then finally you get it worked out and they go back to school and then you're scrambling for the next two weeks to get that system worked out because consistency matters. And I noticed in this season that my amazing 10-year-old son, Liam, who was enjoying the fact that he got to play his switch a few extra times a week rather than his only Saturday option, was neglecting some of the finer arts of exercise. So I made a deal with Liam that I wanted to see if consistency would break through. I said, son, if you wanna play your switch, you gotta give me 50 sit-ups and 10 push-ups. Every time, every time, without measure. And if you forget, you owe me double. Now, I have to honour my son, Liam Emmanuel. He didn't bat an eyelid at me. He said, great, because he can see the prize on the other side. 
he can see that he gets to play his switch. But there he is in his room each morning asking for permission to play. You know what to do. And he is ploughing around. And I gotta say, consistency makes a difference. He's building those pecs up. He is getting real. Come on, parents, you gotta use video games for your purposes sometimes. Consistency is king. I wanna submit to you, as God has called you to be a person who is both strong and courageous, who is believing for the best and preparing for the unknown. What is God calling you to consistently to make a difference in your life? That we are not called to let life pass us by. Instead, we're called to get up, get ready, get prepared for the war that is at hand and get out and present ourselves for the battle. So God had given the Israelites the key to the victory was gonna be their shout that they're gonna unlock on the seventh day. They're gonna walk around Jericho seven times and release a shout and that would release a victory. But it was the days that led up to that day that prepared them for the victory that was to come. And I wanna submit to us today that God is preparing us for victory, but it won't come in some random moment. It'll come out of what God's built up in you. What is built and stored up and the expectation. And as you're walking around doing the mundane, doing the things that you've lost energy for, doing the things that you know that you need to do, but you don't want to do, but you know that it's making a difference somehow, those things prepare you for the victory. And as those people who stop doing those things, who lose the momentum to enter into their promises. Convinced of that. That God wants to build in us and out of us the breakthrough that He has prepared. And so I challenge us as a people, what is God calling you to in 2022? You know, I'm mindful now in this moment as we, again, believing for the best, preparing for the unknown, of all the people in Scripture who lived through unpredictable times. One of the people that jumps out to me is the prophet Daniel. There's a whole book written about him in the, New Test- the Old Testament. Daniel was a young man who was stripped of his homeland hundreds of years after the events captured in the book of Joshua. And he was stripped of his homeland and stripped of his identity and stripped of his people and stripped of his language. And he was forced into a culture that was not his own in a land called Babylon. But he thrived there. He didn't allow unideal circumstances to hold him back. Instead, he was able to press in and live out the victory that God had prepared for him. He was able to live the very victory that God had given. One of his keys, he was committed to prayer three times a day. I know that's a challenge for us today because for many, maybe like myself, even knowing that we could pray once a day can be a challenge. But for Daniel, he committed to prayer three times a day, consistently, without fail. He was obedient to this call that he knew that he lived in occupied territory. He knew he lived in a land that was not his own. And he was not afraid in whatever circumstance he was in to invite God to lead him three times a day. What is God calling you into to be obedient and consistent in? Because the future belongs to the strong and the courageous. The strategy given to Joshua wasn't just one of obedience, one of preparation, one of being willing to get ready and walk. It was one built on praise. Praise is perspective. See, they were called to circle Jericho. And the priests were asked or commanded to carry with them seven ram's horns. 
And in the midst of the army, while the warriors led the way, in the middle, guarded by the front and the rear, the priests carried with them the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God Himself. And they continually led out praise with their instrument. I believe with all my heart that praise is perspective, that it causes us to open our eyes and see what's available and what's possible, no matter what walls are around you. It says in Psalm 22, verse three to five, but you are holy, O you who inhabits the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted and you did deliver them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. That word in the original Greek, inhabits, means to sit down, means to dwell, means to settle. It actually literally means to marry. God inhabits the praises of His people. That there's something about introducing and incorporating praise in our life that causes God to dwell in us and out of us in a way that we wouldn't experience any other way. Praise, the word literally means to boast. It means to celebrate, it means to shine. Praise is much more than simply a song, it's actually a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of boasting. It's a lifestyle at its core. Praise literally means to be overconfident but confident in the right thing. It means to carry with you in whatever setting that you're in, in your day to day, in your morning, your afternoon, your evening, whatever situation, environment you are at work, in your family, that a praise lifestyle is one that is confident in the things of God and does not allow anything else to hinder that perspective being lifted. See, a praise means that you can circle the walls of Jericho that no natural army could ever defeat and you can circle it with confidence that God has called you to put into action something that will make a difference. That people would look at and laugh and ridicule. But deep down, you know, you know, you know, you know, you can boast in the things that God wants to do in and through you. We need a bit more boasting in the house of God. We need a little bit more boasting out there in our communities of the things that God wants to do in and through us. It says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, bless His name. You know, the surefire way to enter into the presence of God is to incorporate praise into your life. Psalm 150, the very last Psalm in the book of Psalms sets the scene. Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His powers. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flute. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with the clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, I think it's unique in the strategy that God gave Joshua for the victory of Jericho. The praise was in the midst of the people. See, if I was drawing up a battle plan to bring down walls that could only be brought down by God's power supernaturally, I probably would have positioned the Ark of the Covenant in front of the army and followed that. But that wasn't the strategy that God gave Joshua. He said to him, prepare your men of war and set them ahead. And after them, position the ark with the priests and praise and then bring a rear guard behind. Yeah. 
See, here's what I want to submit to you as we head into the year 2022 together. I know there's a lot of hesitancy sometimes to step out and take new ground, but that's how God often works. He often asks us to be prepared, to get ready for the battle and to step out in faith. But as you step out with a heart that is built on praise, God creates the victory through you. God is looking for us to partner with Him, to join with Him, to marry with Him in His purposes that He has for us, for our families, for our marketplace, for our industries, for everything that we influence. He wants to call it out. He wants to call it out because He's called us to build a shout. The shout is your weapon. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 16, after the Israelites have circled Jericho for six days once, on the seventh day they got up early in the morning, strapped their weapons. The fighting men went out ahead. The Ark of the Covenant with the priests were in the middle, the rear guard behind, and they circled Jericho seven times, praising the whole time. And then at the seventh time, it says this in Joshua chapter 6, verse 16. On the seventh time, the priests blew the trumpets and Joshua said to the people, shout the battle cry, for the Lord has given you the city. That word shout means to split the ears with sound. It means a breaking. It means to bring destruction. And it's amazing that in that moment, God in His goodness brought down the walls of Jericho. A victory was bought for God's people that could not naturally have been done through their obedience, through their willingness to carry the praise in them and with them. They built up to a moment where a shout came crying out. A few things jump out to me about the shout. Number one, the shout was found in community. This was not Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho alone, screaming at the top of his lungs, sounding like a distant echo to the people in Jericho. This was an entire nation. This was a people group set apart to the things of God, dedicated to Him, who have gotten the ball rolling, who have desired nothing more than to meet with God and live with Him, who circled those walls and let out a shout from the midst of the community. And I wanna say to you today, Awakened City, that for us to inherit our future as a strong and courageous, it's found in community. It's found in our brothers and our sisters. It's found in coming alongside one another in connect groups, in our teams, in, in, in our congregation, our connections. And drawing on one another's shout, leaning on each other to give strength to the shout that God has on the inside of you. And that in this season of fear and discouragement, I'm convinced that one of the greatest assignments the enemy has to hinder people from inheriting their promises is one of isolation and disconnection. He does that by the lies that He speaks into us, the thoughts that we feel like we're missing out with the sense that there's nothing there. But what if we lent in to the community? What if we lent into this idea that I can lend my shout to you and you can lend your shout to me? What if we lent into this idea that we are convinced that this year, 2022, we are crossing over and we're doing it as a community? It's not just about the one, it's about us. 
as God's people inheriting the land that He has made available for us here and now. Again, resistance is not a sign that God isn't with you. Resistance is a sign that there's a victory to be enforced. And we do that through the community shout. This idea that I am not alone, that I do need to lean on people, that I need my hands upheld. Don't hesitate this year in reaching out. Don't hesitate in this year in being to somebody what you wish somebody had been to you. Oh, with all my heart. When I got called into youth ministry at 17 years old, I've been following Jesus for about six months. Do not recommend that. And I remember crying out to God and saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make a difference. I remember God saying to me, just do for them what you wish somebody had been for you. Every older youth I'd known, every young adult I'd grown up with had teased me, ridiculed me, used me as an butt of their jokes. So it was easy for me to decide what it was to be the opposite to that. Too easily we get caught up in this idea the church exists to fulfil my needs. No. Church exists as a body of Christ so that we can live out the gifts and the abilities that God has given us. We are built to be given out. You want to find your purpose? Create opportunity to give of yourself. Create opportunity to shout in community. Create opportunity consistently, obediently, with praise in your heart to draw alongside others and build the shout together. Jericho will fall. Jericho will fall. Jericho will fall. Whatever Jericho is in your life, it will fall. God wants to prepare you for the victory. We'll just be obedient, consistent and carry the praise with us and then let out the shout that He builds up out of us. The shout is expectation. The shout is that idea that God is continually doing something good. The shout is that idea that we're pressing in together and building one another up and saying, God will make a way that we are not accepting the climate around us to be the lid. Instead, we are bringing strength and courage into all that we do. In Hebrews 11.30, the great chapter that talks about what people accomplish by faith and in faith and through faith, says this, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. I wanna say to us today that our shout is our faith. By faith, the walls came tumbling down. Their shout released their faith together. And I wanna say to you as we're pressing into this year, as we've dedicated this month to a faith lift, that your shout represents your faith itself and God wants to position you so you can let it out. By your faith, walls will come tumbling down. By your faith, breakthrough is available. But don't take resistance or the presence of the enemy in the archery of your promises as a sign that you're called to step back and hold back and shut down. Take that as an encouragement that you have the victory. 
See, there is an enemy camped on the artery of your promises. Foolishness would say, charge the walls with your weapons. Conventional wisdom would say, lock it down and wait it out. The heart of God would say, consecrate yourself. Get rolling, find holy ground, get on His side, follow through consistently, let the shout build out, let it out with everything you have and your life of shout is in God's hands. Build your shout. Let it build. The victory that God has available for you is inside you and He wants to release it out of you. Presence of God. Now Joshua, as I bring this to a close, received that strategy, not through a Google search. He didn't call a friend and say, what would you do in this situation? He didn't go back to old things. The victory of Jericho had never been done before. What he did is he actually inquired of the Lord and it says in Jericho chapter five that Joshua had an encounter with God Himself. God appeared to Joshua at Gilgal as they're preparing to go to Jericho. Appeared as the angel of the Lord, it says, the commander of the Lord's armies. It was actually, Bible scholars tell us, Jesus Himself before He was born in the flesh. Joshua sees God as a warrior with a sword drawn. It says in Joshua chapter 5, it says to him, are you for us or for our enemies? And the angel of the Lord replies, neither, I'm for myself. And he commands Joshua to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground. Here's something I wanna submit to you as we head into the rest of the year together. It's not about being on any side of the equation here. Their side, that side, this side, that side. It's about being willing to say, I want to be on your side, Lord. And I want to surrender myself to you. I surrender even my preferences to you. I want to be on your side. And here's the thought. Many of us, as we head into the rest of the year, need to take a moment to take off our shoes, so to speak. Some of us are desperately waiting for a strategy to come. Joshua's strategy came for an encounter with God. He took off his shoes, letting go of the 40 years of dust, letting go of the aimless wandering that he'd done in the wilderness and laid it aside so he could stand barefoot in the very presence of God Himself. Why? Barefoot, he can feel, barefoot. He can have a sense of the presence, there's, there's no restriction. There's no holding back. There's no wall up on the inside. Sometimes the walls of Jericho are on the inside of us, not the outside of us. We need to be willing to be intimate with the living God and put ourselves in a position where we let go of the disappointment, the discouragement, the despair, the things that just play over and over and over, those, those sandals that we've been wearing all the time through the wilderness, that we've just gone through the muck with and it's covered with all the crud and we just need to lay that aside, lay that aside, because that's not you. Stand barefoot before God Himself and allow Him to speak. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.